the drawbridge this is the all new podcast uh from castle cameras my name's gren uh and i'm here with my colleague rob say hi rob hi rob hi rob hello <laughs> so yes this is the start of a new era for us this is uh we're, we're aiming to do a uh, a weekly podcast uh rob and myself we, we're both uh long members of uh of castle cameras uh castle cameras is a uh, one of the longest standing independent camera retailers in the UK, been around since 74. Uh, and we're proud to still be uh, very much uh, an active part of the uh, photography retail market. As part of our podcast, uh, we're going to take questions, we're going to interview uh, industry uh, professionals, uh, photographers, and people from the trade alike. Um, but this week, uh, our main topic is going to be around one inch sensors. So, uh, Rob. What was you? Uh, what was you thinking when you came up with this topic idea? What was I thinking? Um, <laughs> well, I think it's really. I mean, there's so many sensors out there, and I think for ages and ages we had, uh, we had full frame, we had um, uh, sort of non-full frame, and then we had a very small compact size. And I think the small compact size sensors were okay, but they just didn't really allow you to do anything too creative at all. And the cameras that they were in weren't going to allow you that either. And I think along came the one-inch sensor, courtesy of Sony. Um, and I think, I don't want to say it's revolutionized the industry, but I think it's certainly given, I suppose, users like us that had probably SLRs and were sort of, um, I don't know, um, former semi-pros, um, suddenly a camera that was very compact um, in the RX100 that you then felt was going to give you the quality, but still the compact size. And uh, um, I think we've lost count how many of us have actually got rx 100s haven't we <laughs> yeah i think i think pretty much every staff member in the shop has 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 owned or does own an rx 100 of some sort you know from through from the from the first model uh right through to the through to the very latest model um and like you say rob i think it's because they're just so versatile i mean when they came along it, it was genuinely apart from i mean Canon had kind of been doing the, the, the G series cameras, which, uh, you know, pros were able to use. And, uh, you know, that, that was before the, the one inch sensor, the kind of pros compact, wasn't it? But, uh, yeah, Sony really tipped it on its head when it, when it came up with the one inch sensor and the RX 100 was, was revolutionary. I, I, I mean, I know when it was released, I was still very much a full-time, uh, wedding photographer. And uh, I bought one and uh, it went straight in my kit bag. And uh, originally it was just uh, for kind of snaps that I was taking myself, like around venues and stuff like that, whilst I was waiting for for brides to get dressed and whatnot. But uh, actually it ended up being a a really genuinely useful tool. And uh, I'd actually, you know, take some of my proper pro images with it because it was that good. The image quality was that good. The lens... Mm. Uh, was fantastic on it that that Zeiss zoom lens um, yeah yeah I mean I remember when I started at Castle Cameras I didn't know too much about Sony I'd never sold it when I'd come from London uh, um, selling Canon Nikon and I suppose you were my uh, my master at telling me how good Sony were <laughs> I was, I was, but, I was the, uh, the hype boy, hype man yeah. for Sony. And then yeah. the, yeah, and I bought an RX100 Mark III. And I think my earliest memory of it, I was 
I was in New York and I thought, well, this was a perfect camera to be in New York with because what you don't want in New York is a great big camera where you're advertising. Look at me. I've got a fantastic expensive camera. Come um, and mug me. Come and mug me in my face. Yeah. I think <laughs> I bought a used one from us. Um, I got a good deal, didn't I? <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> but it came with an ever ready case. And of course, when you're walking around New York and you're going in to various shops or bars, and then you're going to for a meal, the last thing you want is a load of paraphernalia like lenses or big kit bag. I'm quite happy to carry a camera. And that's why I love the ever ready case because you can just have it over your shoulder. You flip the, the top part off and it's good to go. Um, and I think in New York, it was just, this is great. I've, you know, it's very light. I had it the whole day. Didn't feel like I was um, carrying a load of stuff. And of course, when you then stop for a meal, I had a coat on, you just pop it in the pocket and then not having to worry about it under the table or anything like that. It's it, What impressed me most with it was the lens. And yeah, that, I mean, that lens is so sharp. So it's a, what's about equivalent about 24 to 70. It's the equivalent. Yeah. On the, certainly on the, uh, on the original uh, RX 100 models, it was the equivalent of a 24 to 70. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and of course, Carl Zeiss have got involved with Sony. Um, and well, Carl Zeiss have been making very small lenses for compact cameras since uh, the film days, since, um, well, as you know, because you've got a contacts. <laughs> um, and it's just so sharp. I mean, it's sharp all the way through the range as well. Um, yeah, even wide open, um, mm. which is which is quite sensational. And uh, that's that's obviously another defining factor of these cameras is the uh, the the aperture range of these lenses. I mean, um, yeah, quite. I think uh, off the top of my head, that a lot of them were one point seven lenses, weren't they? But but variable aperture of one point seven through to. Uh, sort of the f4 2.8 hmm. and uh but yeah i mean the, the 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 amount of light they let in with the actual physical size of the sensor it just combined to give you great camera for low light use uh you know detail it was just so versatile and you know uh, what you touched on there about putting it in your pocket it was one of the first compact cameras you genuinely could slip in your pocket like uh you know in your, even in your trouser pocket in your mm. jean pocket you know without too much of a bulge but mm. it, it was uh it was still you know it, it, there wasn't many cameras that you could do that with and um yeah it was uh it was a seriously useful thing i used to take it on a night out sometimes you know when i was feeling brave and uh you know slip it in the slip it in the pocket and you know you end up getting great pictures with it um mm. may have even taken one to alice's wedding and uh used it there so yeah <laughs> well i mean with my mark three i suppose i've got a viewfinder as well and i've got the tiltable screen now i bought it for the viewfinder and i think i've used the viewfinder half a dozen times because the screen is so good so as you know i go to quite a lot of uh car shows classic car shows and i find just with the tiltable screen, you can put the camera literally on the ground, get a different aspect to, to the car. So everyone's kind of walking around, either standing, taking photos. You can suddenly literally just put it on the ground, tilt the screen, and just get a completely different aspect uh, from it. Um, and so as a result, I've hardly used the viewfinder. And that is yeah. from a person who always used viewfinders. <laughs> so um, and, and that's where it's really versatile, because then if you're 
take go back to the New York, you're in the street, you just want to take something quickly, you haven't got time, you then want to move on. So it, it, it certainly gives you the best of both worlds as well. well so of course, the, and I think like in that New York situation, I mm. think actually using the, the LCD screen rather than the viewfinder, it does make you look like just a tourist with a with a point and shoot, you know, rather than, you know, just a normal point and shoot. It kind of detracts. I mean, if you were using the viewfinder, I mean, I guess given the size of it, still, you know, it's not going to attract overly amount, you know, huge amounts of attention. But yeah, using the LCD viewfinder does make you look like a tourist. That's a big reason why I like using them for street photography. So mm-hmm. you, you can definitely get away with being a tourist if you, you know, pre-covid times i used to really enjoy going up to london walking around shoreditch and uh places like that with with my little sony rx100 and uh just acting like a tourist and people don't pay you a blind bit of attention um before that i used to go up there with a dslr and you know people would immediately notice you and duck out of your way you know and, and try and hide from the camera which is obviously bit of a nightmare when you're trying to do street photography yeah and the majority of people they're not going to know what you have i mean the i mean there were seven versions of the rx 100 i think they've got rid of a couple here or there just to kind of um streamline it a bit Um, but i mean if you look at something like the mark 7 which gives you more zoom i mean that's a 1200 pound camera now Mm. it doesn't look any different on the outside to a Mark II or Mark III, apart from the the lens. But someone looking at you from distance won't know you've got a 1,200-pound camera there. Well, and, and, and indeed, it's seriously it, decent piece of yeah. kit. Yeah, I mean, it almost looks like a like a HX99 as well, doesn't it? Which is a yeah. couple of yeah. hundred quid. You know, it just looks like yeah. a, a snapper's camera, you know. But that, you know, particularly in the Mark VII, uh, the technology in that is basically a baby A9. I mean, mm. the, the, the IAF autofocus performance of that camera is incredible. And uh, the video features that are built into it as well are, you know, the actual quality mm. of the videos is uh, is amazing. So certainly for vloggers and people like that, it is a, a yeah, great I mean, useful that's, tool. That's the um, amazing thing. I mean, when you read the reviews about my camera or you, the later models, the, the autofocus gets better and better. Now, I've never had a problem with the autofocus yeah. on mine. I'm yeah. thinking, <laughs> that's pretty cool quick but apparently i mean when they brought out the five which had the same lens the apparently autofocus was just unbelievable on that and they've carried that through to the six and the seven but with more zoom and um i think people look at it and see oh it's a little compact it won't be very quick at focusing but this this is quicker than uh, i would say a few slrs really um, absolutely i mean yeah yeah in terms of performance you, you would mm. you would be hard pushed to tell a difference from a from a leading full frame mirrorless camera from from the same brand from sony you know, they really are that good. And, uh, you know, and moving on from that compact size, obviously Sony kind of identified that this this sensor was very good and very capable. So they uh, stuck it in the, uh, in the slightly larger body, the RX-10, and that enabled them to create a monster re- zoom on, on that thing. And, yeah, uh, it, it needed a big brother, didn't it? It, it needed, did. Uh, it did, yeah. The RX-100 was on its own. They thought, well, you know, I need a... I need a bigger brother to show me the way. (laughs) (laughs) But certainly, you know, for people like wildlife photographers and and people like that, I mean, taking that one camera with just that big zoom lens is so much more preferable to lugging a huge bag full of four or five lenses Mm. and a big 
body you know i mean granted it's probably not quite as rugged as something like a 1dx for example but mm. you know if you can if you can look after that camera you could happily take that to uh, somewhere like kenya on safari and get world class photos with with that uh, with that camera yeah, in fact and the um, thing it's sorry go on, go on. i was just going to say we we know a couple of customers don't we that have uh, have indeed used the rx10 models for for their professional wildlife photography mm. And that's because it's sharp at the 600 mil, where I suppose a lot of so-called, well, I, there's still a certain, no one's come up with a term for these cameras, have they? They keep saying, oh, it's a bridge camera. And it's like, well, we don't really want to um, put it into that bracket. Um, yeah. I keep, when customers come in, I call them a, a hybrid bridge camera because that's, to me, that's what it is. It's got all the elements of a bridge camera in terms of you can't change the lens, but um, in terms of picture quality of what a bridge camera offered, it's it's night and day, really. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And, and Sony have just done a great job on that lens. I mean, that literally 600 mil F4, it's sharp. Um, I think that if you... Uh, look at some of the Nikon cameras with their amazing zooms that they have. Yeah, the P, we know P1, there's a bit of a P900. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of a fall off, isn't there? And actually there is, yeah. rather than go to this crazy um, zoom length, uh, Sony decided, well, we'll just keep it at 600, which let's face it, even the pro wildlife guys with their Canon lens are only probably only going to take a 600 with an extender. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's giving you pretty much everything in one, one little package. And it's lighter. Um, and so, so you know, it's going to be sharper because it's going to be easier to hold steady. And, uh, you know, with Sony's proprietary steady shot inside as well, I mean, that is a recipe for some seriously sharp pictures. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, so obviously uh, looking at what uh, Sony were doing there, and Canon decided to, to get involved with one-inch sensors as well, and uh, they updated their G-series uh, range of cameras with one-inch sensors. Um, and I think the particularly the G7, uh, G7X models have become, you know, the standard for vloggers, uh, YouTube uh guys that guys and girls that do all that kind of stuff you know they all very much love the g7x because it's you know the recipe is is quite similar to the rx100 small body very high quality lens pack full of features great video stuff stuff that wouldn't be missed on a you know you know the stuff that you'd expect to find on a high level mirrorless or dslr all in this little compact body and uh yeah that you know it's just Canon were, were getting involved and then of course Panasonic have as well you know they 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 ended up using the yeah. one inch sensor recipe in a few of their cameras uh sort of the mm. uh the uh teaser 200 comes to mind and, yeah um, and to be first they were first to the market weren't they with a, a longer zoom so this is before the the six and the seven uh mark six and seven emerged from Sony and certainly Panasonic led the way in that with the TZ 100 the 200 having that more of that zoom um yeah. Admittedly, with a you know um, a sacrifice of aperture, but um, it wasn't until the six and seven came along that there was any competition for Panasonic in that area. Um, and of course, then they got we'll see their little their bigger little bigger brother. I was going to say uh, their bigger <laughs> brother cameras um, with the FZ one thousand and two thousand. Yeah, um, which again are very capable. Yeah. 
rather like the RX10s. Uh, they they provide that kind of long long range lens option with decent image quality, but you wouldn't normally expect to mm. find in a bridge camera. So, uh, mm. and they tend to be a little bit cheaper as well. So if you were on a, looking for to spend a little bit less, we just didn't have the money. Then certainly Panasonic. I think they saw a gap in the market that they knew they probably couldn't compete with Sony or what they were doing with the earlier models they thought right we'll have more zoom we'll do it at a different price point um to yeah to attract people into that yeah but you know you're, you're still getting kind of a like a branded glass on those cameras and you know so so very much competing with with the, with the zeiss glass on the sony uh, mm. and, and pat full of great video features that you kind of would find on the gh5 or, or similar so um still like you say very capable cameras you know so yeah so the one inch sensor itself let's try and put that into a bit of context against a um you know its actual physical size against a, a an aps-c camera for example so a cropped Sensor. Oh, hang on, Graham. It sounds like you're going to get technical here. We're going to get technical. Okay. <laughs> Let me put my technical voice on. Here we go. So, did you know the one inch sensor isn't actually one inch? <laughs> it is, in fact, 16 mil. Uh, and that comes from the old film days. I'll, I'll put my normal voice back on. I can't keep that up. But um, <laughs> it, it actually has their roots in television camera tubes. So they were measured in inches across the diagonal. But because you can't really measure across a circle, they use kind of a square bit inside the circular shape of the tube. And that actually measured at 16 mil. So that is why the one-inch sensor, which measures 16 mil in the diagonal, is called a one-inch sensor. Um, bit of bit of useless information. No, nothing wrong with sixteen mil film. They, exactly. Yeah, they shot all the uh, professionals' TV series on sixteen mil. Excellent. So I mean, that's uh, it, that's a. It's, if it's good enough for Bodie and Doyle, it's <laughs> it's good enough for uh, for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you, you, that's why you're not really losing a lot against the crop censored um, camera because it's actually not a lot smaller, is it, than a, than a crop sensor itself. Uh, so, I mean, the crop factor from full frame, we're talking old 35 mil money. Uh, the crop factor on an APS-C is one and a half to one, 1.7 times. And the crop factor on a one-inch sensor is 2.7. So, you know, still, that is not bad at all when compared to a, to a full frame sensor. So it's a big size bit of kit. And, uh, I, if you look at the other side of the spectrum, if you look at your normal compact camera, then the um, the one inch sensor is double that size. Yes. Yeah. So immediately you've got to um, double the image quality um, in the area that you're taking as well. So, um, of course, image quality is all to do with lens as well, but it's um, suddenly you're starting with that much larger uh, sensor size that allows you to then print bigger, uh, allows you to uh, blur the background. It's, um, it's yeah, it, it, it's, let's say, we, that's why we love them so much. It's yeah, suddenly a, a smaller sensor, but that, that's got some kind of degree of... Um, creativity to it so uh let's kind of round this up then rob so one inch sensors who are they good for who would you recommend a one inch sensor for everyone everyone <laughs> that's a simple answer uh, but it's yeah, true we like to do that <laughs> that's the hard sell is it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i think anybody who's got an interest in photography maybe they've got um an slr or they've got mirrorless and actually there's many times where they want to keep keep taking their camera but they want that smaller package then it's 
an RX100 or TZ100 or 200 with Panasonic, um, or recommended to people who like to do wildlife photography or sports photography, but don't really want to carry all that stuff. So if you're just a spectator at the sport, you really want to take all that stuff through the turn gate to, um, I'm thinking about like motorsport where you can probably, you know, you can, can take cameras. Well, much easier having something a lot smaller like the RX10. So it, it appeals to a broad range of people, I think. Yeah, and even professional users, mm. you know, to, to a degree. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that's I think we covered it. Our work here is done. But uh, yeah, certainly, if you if you are interested in seeing our range of uh, compact uh, one inch sensor cameras, head over to our website. It's uh, castlecameras.co.uk, uh, and uh, find uh, across the banners at the top that we've got cameras, and then just wait for that little drop down to come down. Hit digital compact cameras. Uh, and you'll see some filtering there. Click on sensor size and click on one inch, and you will see everything we got on offer from from all of our brands. Um, so make sure you join us uh, next time uh, for the next podcast, where hopefully we'll be taking some more interesting uh, listener questions. If we've got any listeners by then, if not, we'll just round someone up off the street and ask them uh, for something random. So uh, <laughs> I've been Graham. Thank you very much for listening. And I've been Rob. We'll see you on the uh, next one. Take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye.